On today's episode, we have a conversation with two executives at Houston-based Memorial Hermann Health System, who led the effort to reorganize the system around service lines. It's Monday, May 2nd, and I'm Alex Olgan with GIST Healthcare Daily, where you get the headlines and health business and policy news in about 10 minutes. If you like the podcast, please leave us a rating or review. It helps other listeners find the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Memorial Hermann, a 17-hospital system based in Houston, Texas, embarked on a plan to reorganize the system around service lines a little over two years ago. Many systems are still organized around hospitals, which can end up driving competition within the system as leaders of individual facilities compete for the most lucrative specialty programs. But pulling up and looking at the organization at a system level is hard work and a big shift. I spoke with the two senior vice presidents of Memorial Hermann's system-level service lines, Heath Rushing and Kyle Price, who led the system through its reorganization. They both also previously served as CEOs of Memorial Hermann Hospitals. I'll start with you, Kyle. Can you tell me how the system is different now than it was before? We go into the service line space really to organize ourselves around certain products, but yet we have competing interest among ourselves as we have a lot of hospitals, we call care delivery sites. You may hear that phrase today during the podcast and and a lot of competing interest in markets with our care delivery sites and different um, assets we have. So about two and a half years ago, our president uh, came to Heath and I and asked for us to really step back and look at how we can move forward as an organization and prepare ourselves to move away from fee for service and really position ourselves for value in the in the greater Houston market. And through that work, service lines were really the answer for us. We, we really began to spend a lot of time with a group of, of executives over a period of four or five months. Really interesting enough, during our first COVID pandemic, we took that time to really do this work. It was really pivoting the organization around our network. We have a very large network of physicians, uh, some employed in a traditional model, some academic and some independent and through the service line work, we really became a healthcare system that's centered around our network through service line organization that just happens to have hospitals where the work is performed. So we really started to shift our thinking from a system level. And uh, that's really the work that we've been doing and the change that we've seen over the last couple of years where we used to be very dependent in hospitals and markets. And now we are very dependent on our service lines and our networks. Kyle, can you give me some examples of what kinds of decisions are now made at a system or service line level that before were made facility by facility or physician group by physician group? We've really seen the pivot is around physician recruitment and and market placement of physicians is 
used to be driven locally, used to be driven by the market because you would build your programs locally or you or, or your capabilities. And now through the service line lens, we really look across our, our um, enterprise and go, where does it make the most sense to recruit? What should we recruit? What type of specialist? What type of primary care? What are we trying to succeed in? Where's the gaps in our markets? And then from a service line perspective, we also say, what programs do we need where? Where does it make the most sense? We can't be everything to everyone. So in this market, where do we need to have programs that make the most sense? So if we are to have a microclip program in one of the communities, we go through governance and then that has established a certain a level of expectations, requirement, whether that be CMS requirements or volume requirements. And then we do one at a time and then we watch it and we validate it and we verify the performance and outcomes. And so we continue to do that across our portfolio, not just in heart and vascular, we do it in our pediatric space and our newborn space. So really deciding where's the best place and how is the best place, right? And how do we develop it? Are there any other procedures or service lines that the system has relocated or condensed, Heath? We're still in the infancy stages around how we, you know, make the best decisions for, for our system, but certainly have, um, have tried some different things um, and, and believe that, you know, ultimately they're the right path forward for us in terms of how do we continue to build more of a kind of center of center of excellence approach for some of the key services offered within our service lines. And I think in orthopedics joints is just a perfect example of that. Um, We had the opportunity to leverage uh, an asset within our organization um, called the Memorial Herman orthopedic and spine hospital to really provide a focused um, effort around joint replacement surgery really been able to drive outcomes uh, through that process. How does Memorial Hermann view strategy differently now that it has reorganized the system around these centralized service lines? I think a perfect example is just the way in which we go through our strategic planning process. Previously, that was led by each market, if you will, um, or local campus executive suite. In today's world, it's really driven at a service line level. Uh, there's collaboration, for sure, between the service lines and the care delivery sites. But when we when we start talking about our strategic planning process and, and going through that process, it really starts foundationally with what's the service line view um, of program and service offering across the uh, across the continuum within our system, um, and how best do we maximize that for uh, for our health system. Did you centralize all service lines at once or go one by one? Yeah, good question. So we actually started with um, what we classified as kind of our seven kind of key main service lines. So mine are, are orthopedics, neurosciences, trauma, and oncology. And then Kyle out of the gate had heart and vascular, um, women's and children's and then primary care. And so those were the, those were the seven focus areas. Now they're, they're all on a little bit of a different maturation, right? And I think a lot of it has depended on sort of the level of engagement from the physician uh, governance councils. Each service line has one. There's different curves as it relates to that level of engagement and impact on decision-making that we're, that we're, we're working through. While those seven service lines are quite comprehensive and encompass many of the system's providers, they don't include everyone. So, Kyle, how do the remaining providers fit into this equation? 
one thing that we, we knew out the gate um, in partnership with our physician organization as we were building this was we want to map every physician to a service line. Uh, and I think what Heath and I didn't have an appreciation for once we launched this was, was how much the physicians wanted a service line. Um, so we heard about it in our surgery space and our, or our GI space or our medicine space. So recently um, we have launched the surgery service line, which is encompassing, uh, of course, general surgery, bariatrics, weight loss, medicine, procedural GI, urology, and so forth. And and hired a vice president into that space and starting to build the infrastructure. And when I say infrastructure, the, the KPIs that measure success, the monthly operating review that they do with Heath and I, and then we have a quarterly review with our executive leadership team. And then recently Heath is, is right at the end of standing up our new medicine service line, which will be the last service line that really begins to, to encompass all of our network. So um, so we did start with our seven core, but we quickly added to make sure our entire network was mapped so that we're successful in that space. You both have talked about how there's been a big shift to thinking about the system as a whole rather than individual facilities or CEOs competing for programs in their hospitals. So, Kyle, how did you go about facilitating that change? What were some of the incentive shifts? How we look at ourselves as a network is different as individual assets in a market. Um, and really around the incentive question, yes, our incentives have changed. So we used to really look at ourselves in a market and how does our quality look in our own shop and how does our contribution margin look in our own shop and our volumes. And now we really win together, we lose together. We look at everything from a system perspective. So from a service line perspective, Heath and I and our teams have really lifted up and, and driven growth and integration at a high level across the enterprise. Through that, what left our hospital CEOs today is operations really execute inside of the four walls of your hospital uh, and, and really make sure quality is at its best and that we're really managing our operations. Because as anyone who's been a CEO know, they, you realize it's hard to see beyond your four walls. You're constantly putting out a fire, especially during the pandemic. Where would you say Memorial Harmon is in the transformation process and what's next? Uh, Kyle, why don't we first start with you and then Heath? You know, I think phase one was the structure, building it out, rolling it out, which included, you know, all the KPIs, how we did accountability, how we had oversight of accountability. Phase two was the implementation of all that work, all that's done. Um, so if we were to put it in phases, I'd say we're in phase three and beyond um, as we continue to grow and mature this and develop this. Um, but I would say that's where we are today. We still have lots of work to do. We still have a ton of goals we haven't achieved yet. Um, some of our goals are two and three year journeys, uh, but we set those early out the gate and when that's where we wanted to be. Um, but I think we're moving in the right direction and we'll continue moving in this path. The reality is we're learning organization and we'll continue to learn and grow. And, you know, I mean, just to share an example of something, you know, we we felt like there needed to be a team that really supported this whole service line journey around things like growth and performance. And so we called that early on the network performance team. And we, we sort of uh, realigned functions within our organization to, to become that team and help provide that support. And, and, and that's just an example where how we structured it and designed it didn't, right, didn't really fit and work right out of the gate. And so after about six months of trying that, 
uh, we decided we needed to revisit that. And, and we got the input actually from the individuals that were that were put to task in that, that new, newly created department. And, and now we're, we're in a much different space where now those, those roles are really uh, functioning at a high level uh, with, with the leadership support that they need. Kyle, what advice would you have for another system that's about to start this process? Communicate, communicate, communicate. Change is hard because it's always associated with a loss of something. And so anytime you make a pivot like this, you will fundamentally have to change your organization to be successful. If you don't, then you've just made the change for the sake of saying, I'm making the change. If you're really going to be successful in the service on space, you have to align your organization to it. And you have to align an organizational structure that actually gives the service lines the authority and the accountability to do the work. And, and I would say one of the greatest litmus tests to that is, does your service line have a monthly operating review? Do you have a PL statement? Are, are you accountable for things that you can control? And so I would say, though, you really have to think about your structure. That'd be my main advice. Are you willing to pivot and, and completely redo your organization? Because that is what's required to be successful in the space. It really starts with the structure. And I mean, we spent months just on that alone, really thinking through, you know, how best were we going to be successful rolling this out. Um, and so I, I think that was first and foremost, the, the, the biggest key. Clearly support from the top, the top has to want this, right? This is one of those that has to be, in my opinion, top down, where there is potential conflict, right? Is where's that resolution going to come from? And it, and it has to come from, from on the top. That was Heath Rushing and Kyle Price, Senior Vice Presidents of Service Lines at Memorial Hermann based in Houston, Texas. Thanks for listening to GIST Healthcare Daily. I'm Alex Olkin. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news on GISTHealthcare.com. GIST Healthcare Daily is an independent production of GIST Healthcare. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.